Welcome in, everyone. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. Happy New Year. Welcome in. Season 1, Episode 15. My name is Jeremy Somerville. You can follow me on Twitter, at SomervilleCLE. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Mr. Drew Ward. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ward, 296-72985. And if you want to just follow the show, follow us on Twitter, at FCFSPod. Tonight, a fun New Year's edition. We're going to talk... Fired coaches, who's going to fill a job, who got fired, rank the jobs probably one through four since there are only four jobs remaining. We're going to move on to a new segment on the show, Rumor Mill, Real or Fake. Five rumors, we'll decide if they're real, they're fake, if there's any merit to them, whatever. We'll move on to this weekend's wildcard games, four good games in the NFL, hopefully. And then we'll finish the show, as we always do, with Ward's Wagers. That is where Drew gives you a chance to make some money. And if you've listened to this pod all year long in the first 14 episodes, this man has just killed it. Had you been listening, had you been betting, you'd be making some damn good money right now. So stay tuned. On the other side of this break, we're going to bring in Drew. We're going to get the show rolling. Let's have a fun night. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back into the Full Coverage Football Show. At this time, I'd like to bring in the star of the show, Mr. Drew Ward. What is up, brother? Brother, happy new year. How are you, my friend? Happy new year to you as well. I'm doing well tonight. How about you? Good, man. You know, good. Uh, it's weird. There's no there's no real bowl games on right now. I, uh, I it's, it's questionable what to put on the TV. Dude, I was trying to give the Sixers a chance. I got bored with the NBA, and I have moved on to diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, I'm going That's with kind of night it is. I got golf on one TV, and and uh, you know, live PD is going to be starting here in seven minutes, so I got that on the big screen. You know, yep. we're not messing around. <laughs> we need to get the show in so you can get back to live PD. <laughs> let's 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 do it, man. There's going to be people out there that are going to get arrested tonight, and I'm going to laugh at it. <laughs> All right, let's get going here. Let's talk about the fired coaches. NFL regular season over, five jobs total opened up. We had Carolina, Cleveland, the Giants, and Dallas. So Jason Garrett out, Freddie Kitchens out, Pat Shermer out. They joined mm-hmm. Ron Rivera and Jay Gruden, and then Ron Rivera took over for Washington. He is hired there. Yeah. Any of these a surprise to you? I mean, not really. I, so, like, my, my cousin was giving me shit yesterday. He was like, well, uh, you know, last podcast, you said Freddie Kitchens was going to stay. You thought Doug Marone wasn't going to get fired. But I'm like, dude, last time we we uh, had this discussion, Doug Marone, I thought, was already fired. Remember? There was a report <laughs> yeah. he was gone and then yeah. came back. There's a report the day before the game that, hey, we're going to let you go just so you know. And we talked about yeah. it. Like, that's, that's big for Dougie because <laughs> let's see how the team plays for him and could help him get another job. I didn't realize when I said that that he was going to get his job. Mm-hmm. That's insane. But but to be honest with you, with the coaching search, or as far as the coaches that uh, that were fired, I don't think there's any big surprises there. Um, Dallas was certainly a interesting situation um, for you know kind of how Jerry handled it and how long it took. I mean, he's but, still uh, technically not out. There's players talking today; they don't even know what's going on. Well, yeah, it's. I don't know. Delaying I feel the inevitable. Like, I mean, I feel like it's his boy, right? You know, yeah. like Jason Garrett's kind of grown up through through the Dallas Cowboys organization, and I think it's hard to let go. But at some point, it's like people out there want to know what's going on, <laughs> and, Jer- and Jerry's is not not doing it. And and it's interesting, you know, the fact Ron Rivera was hired so quickly. Um, I, I do think that Carolina kind of did him a service almost um, because he's a big Dwayne Haskins guy. Ron Rivera is, I think him bringing in Jack Del Rio, you know, I, listen, Jack Del Rio is about football. I think Jack Del Rio is a good defensive coach. Um, I think those are two kind of hard ass mother MFers, dude, you know? <laughs> um, I, and, and so, but, but I mean, you, you look at Pat Shermer, you kind of thought that that was going to happen. The fact that they came, they kept Dave Gettleman. Some people are, you know, upset about, um, as far as the Cleveland thing goes with Freddie Kitchens, they're just that, that whole, um, it is so, but, but nothing really surprised me. Was there anything that really stood out to you? I mean, I thought that these were kind of givens, um, outside of maybe Freddie Kitchens and Pat Schirmer. I don't know. You know, from the outside, Freddie Kitchens may have deserved another shot. 
But hearing what I've heard this week as far as what was going on inside that building, it is no surprise to me that Freddie Kitchens has gone in. It's not a surprise at all that John Dorsey soon followed him. Well, I, th- it, from, I thought John Dorsey went to bat for the guy, you know, and uh, he did because it was uh, it, at the end of the day, it was his hire. And, you know, Dorsey, to, to an extent, has a point. I mean, the guy's learned on the job, but, but in the NFL, you can't just learn on the job, right? It, it's you, you need results, especially with a fan base like this. But, but for the Browns, just like you do you, again, it's just blow the shit up again. Let's restart <laughs> again. And, and I know the lines are the same way, but. But uh, I think, to me, the, the shocker was how they kind of – they're, they're trying to be, like, ridiculous about it. They're like, oh, you know, we mutually – no. You went up and said, Dorsey, we're, we're kind of demoting you. We're changing the way the front office works. And he's like, no. And, and he had issue. you know, he was worried about Paul DePodesto, but when mm-hmm. he took the job. Um, I think the yeah. thing with – I mean, I think the thing with Dorsey was – he was afraid of getting Andy readed mm-hmm. is what it really came down to. And, and he Freddie was, and Freddie right. was a guy that wasn't going to really challenge him at any point. And I think that regardless of how messed up that situation was, and from everything I've heard, it was a soap opera in that building with Freddie giving up on the game planning they were doing Wednesday to Saturday, your offense coordinator basically telling people this team is a joke and you could see the struggles on the field. You could see I, they it, had talent and then, it would just it's, collapse. To me, though, and I get that, but, like, is it also the running out the door, bad blood, saying things, think of when the Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson left. Hugh Jackson went out on every on every goddamn TV show he could find. You know what I mean? He was, like, on The View in the morning with those annoying-ass <laughs> women or whatever. <laughs> like, like, he would do anything. Like, so, but I, I think there's definitely some substance to it. But I also – when you hear those things, I, you got to take them with a grain of salt a little bit, right? Because, you know, Todd Munkin can say, you know, he's – Todd Munkin's pissed off in first place because it was never his offense. Todd yeah. Munkin was a puppet. He was like Paul Pascaloni. Like, his headset wasn't even plugged in. It was like, you know, we don't even want – you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like giving him the – like, when you're playing video games with little yeah. kids and just give yeah. him the control and it's not plugged it's in. Batteries back in the day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's that Paul Pasqualoni has his headset plugged in all year. What what it comes down to is the fact that the Browns are just a crap organization. And it starts, it starts at the top. And you can't fire the owner. And John Dorsey did a lot of good bringing in talent here. He was given a lot when he came in. There were a ton of draft picks. He had all the well, cap space in the world. It up. If you ask Chris Fedor, he'll just – all. he's just the biggest Sashi guy ever. I mean, yeah, you're right. And he he you're, does make points that – Fit. Sashi did a solid job giving the Browns a chance to build a foundation, and they've got yeah. that foundation. That's why right but now this is a he huge built it hire. For somebody else, though. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that's what it was going to come down to is that he was setting up someone else to come in and get it because, he, I mean, he brought in some players, but it finally changed when Dorsey came in and got the quarterback. Basically, that's what it comes down to. You're, as did you he said, the million times, I think he did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I think Baker's the guy. Because I know that everybody is. But, but let me ask you this then. What do you think about the philosophy now of hiring the head coach and then in turn making the GM decision off of that? I mean, I know people might think that are listening to this, hey, mate, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. There are quite a few teams in the league that have actually structured it that way but it's still not the norm. What do you think about that? Um, I am. That's just setting up for Josh McDaniels, or do you think it's Mike McCarthy? Because everybody right now, I think, um, would say that McDaniels is the leader in the clubhouse. I think McDaniels is the leader in the clubhouse, and I think doing it this way, even though I'm old school thinking GM should be the boss, whatever, what I want from this organization is just guys who are on the same damn page. Mm -hmm. And I think what it's going to come down to is, I think at the end of the day, McCarthy's the safe choice. McDaniels is the dream choice. And Kevin Stefanski is the guy that is kind of sitting on the back burner. That's and I think eventually Stefanski comes in. And that's, then, well, that's his choice. It's, and, it's kind of, it's and then they bring in Andrew Barry as the GM. They want yeah. Andrew Barry back in this organization. That's been no secret all year long. And they want, to, they want to use the analytics. And I understand that. It makes sense. And 
you know, Haslam said something yesterday in the press conference that actually was different than the other 30 that he's done was firing like, a head coach. Like Edelman that, that he's like, we we're, we hired like four computer guys. <laughs> Gettleman, <laughs> Gettleman's out there like, yeah, we hired some nerds. Who's gonna come yeah. in and they're gonna help us out. Like, like, oh, good job, Dave. There's a job, it's, I think it's on Indeed right now, where you can go and join the analytics department for the Giants. And I think that's a great job because it's like being a Browns head coach where you're going to get paid to basically do nothing after your first year. But for the Browns, it was really that Haslam said, we have to put Baker in positions that are best for Baker. Like when you look at analytics and Every team, I don't care. Everyone can say, oh, analytics, it's the nerds, it's not football. Every team uses analytics in some way. And something Haslam brought up was that how good Baker was, 73% of the time, he, they were successful off play action. Yep. And, yet the Browns, and they ran the ball to fourth fuse in the league, right? Yeah, and the Browns yeah. only used play action. The, like, it's just <laughs> unbelievable how bad Freddie Kitchens was. And well, for John you know, Dorsey, you look, you're right. You're right. To you stick look at up for Yep, no. I mean, that's why John Dorsey's not there. And I understand that, yeah, Diddy Podesta was getting the ear, and this probably isn't going to work out either because Haslam runs it boardroom style, where it's whoever's telling him everything he wants to hear is going to get his ear, and then something's going to happen. But hopefully they get it right this time, regardless the, of who they hire, get people who are on the same page and want to work and together. And to, to that point, though, it. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are on the same page, but the, the page is burnt to shit. You know, like the page is, there's nothing really there. So they could be on the same page, but let's make sure it's a, it's a, the page that's, that's going to win. Yeah. You still need to get the right players and you still need to build a team around the guys you have. And hopefully for you, for the lions next year, hopefully they figure that out. And hopefully, you know, the, the Redskins pass on chase young because they don't want him standing up in the three, four, and then you end up with Chase Young, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> no, we're going to be sitting here next year, and the Lions will have fired Matt Patricia and hopefully fired Bob Quinn, and they'll be terrible again. Um, and that's the other thing. It's like shitty organizations like ours. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know when to pull the trigger on the guy. Like, we pull the trigger on the guy too early when he needs another year, or we let the guy have another year when he needs. To, we need to pull the trigger. That's what our franchises do. Yeah. Other franchises have a pulse on the situation and know when to pull the trigger. You, you know, you want to say, I mean, Matt Patricia was, it was his second year and they were way worse. And, and, you know, and there's so many things that says fire the guy, but then you fire Jim Caldwell a year. He came off the playoffs and then he goes nine and seven. And you fire him and say, that's not good enough. So it's like, it, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. Jim Caldwell is a guy who I don't know why he doesn't get, he's not getting, his name brought up in some of these spots. He's, he's one of those coaches. And I, and I'm personally kind of want a little hoorah in my coach. Mm-hmm. Like I liked when Jim Schwartz was going to kick Harbaugh's ass. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I like stuff like that, but like Caldwell is like, he's like Jason Garrett with like less energy. And I think that the players no, like slapping. him and everything. No, but like he just stay, like there's like there's like you want to see like your coach if there's a bad call you want to see your coach pissed off, mm-hmm. or you want to see your coach in somebody's face. And I'm not saying Jim Caldwell's a bad coach, but like for me personally, like that's the stuff that I want to see from my coach, whether it's getting through or not. And I don't think Caldwell. I, I just think Caldwell maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I, I just I, I think he should be considered for some jobs. I just think he's a better fit as a defensive coordinator. Your your team has been to the playoffs, I think, three times in twenty years. Two of them were with Caldwell. I mean, he right. he's not he's not the hoorah, he's not the guy who's gonna light it up. Jim Trussell loves him, Peyton Manning loves him, and I think he's a tier above Jason Garrett. Like people talk, oh, Jason Garrett's the second winningest coach in Cowboys history. Yeah, he was there for a decade. And he's eight and eight, like four or five times. And he's only the sec. He's basically the ginger Jeff Fisher is what it comes down to. However, that's another guy who I wouldn't be surprised to see get head coaching interviews just because of what he's done. I mean, that's what he is. Eight and eight. Can't put him out. Like, listen, I, Jason Garrett is a dude like him, but as a head coach, he's lacking. Yeah. Here in Cleveland right now, if they want to interview him, do it. Because when you look at the past decade in Cleveland, they've won 25% of their games. Yeah, the Lions, <laughs> for as bad as they've been, they're like 43% of their games. The Browns are trash, and they just need to get this right and get it done. 
They're not going to get it right. They're not going to get it right. <laughs> I want to hope they do, but I'm totally with you. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to be here again. Just like, like a year Lions, or two. just like the Lions won't get it right next year when they fire these guys. They'll hire some jackass out of college or something, and, and or they'll just find some – some offense football operations dude <laughs> that's never even touched a field and he'll become the, the but I know we're getting caught up here, but I have, I have a name that I wonder to you just to throw it out there. Okay. And I don't think it, I don't think it'll be this off season, but I think next off season, do you think Jay Gruden gets consideration for another head coaching job? I didn't read Jay Gruden right now. Yeah. Because we talk about crap like organizations him. and mm-hmm. he went from Cincinnati crap organization to Washington did a fairly solid job there. Got a division title. I mean, they did solid. If RG3 doesn't hurt himself in that play- wildcard playoff game, this yeah. is a totally different story we're talking about, possibly. Yeah. For That's what, just a name that, like, to for me. For what I, Washington could have been. Yeah. I think he deserves a second shot somewhere, in and my maybe, opinion. I mean, maybe if RG3 doesn't get hurt, maybe he doesn't always – I don't know. But yeah, The Redskins are probably just going to go back to me terrible anyway because they're a terrible organization. Ron Rivera is going to go there. He's going to he's going to instill some discipline, and he's going to be a solid coach. But that division's easy. That's a division where he, next year he can win it at eight and eight. Possibly you got three new jobs. I don't think talking. so, dude. I don't think that's true. I think those I, cowboy that Cowboys team and the Eagles have wait. Like I think the NFC East is just it, the Cowboys were poorly po- coached. Yeah, and I think the Eagles had a ridiculous amount of injuries. I don't think – I think that Dallas team with better coaching, um, you bring in a guy, I, and I don't know. I don't want to hear – like, I'm a person that, like, am not 100% sold on these college coaches just coming in. Like, like if you look throughout the history, it's this isn't something that's just, like, a layup here, right? Jimmy Johnson, so, the only one I can think of who, it, and it, in a small uh, spot, Butch Davis did it, okay before he took control. It's just not – there's not many there. And and I like a lot of these guys, but I think you just worry that you go in high – if Dallas gets the right coach, the talent's there, I think. I really do. I think Dallas, you think of the way their offense played this year. I mean, they were, they were like – I don't know if they ended at number one, but I think they were number one the majority of the year as far as offensive production, overall offense. Um and you know that defense has players. I think that somebody could slide in there and really turn that around. And I also think the Eagles, a healthy Eagles team, is a good team. I think that 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 division may be tough next year. Um, and every, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is going to have to improve. I mean, it definitely could be. Maybe the problem. Maybe we'll find out this year that Jason Garrett wasn't the problem, and they're a collection of talent, but not a good team in Dallas. And you got to get weapons for Carson. Carson Wentz. He's coming yes. back from the ACL. He's starting to look like the Carson Wentz we knew and loved. And Throwing to nobody, bro. He, I mean, he's got – yeah, exactly. There's basically, hey, this guy was at Circuit City three years ago. and It's like, okay, who's – most people listening don't even know what Circuit City is anymore. But I do. We, it's insane. Like, I'm thinking we got to do a to? just like commentating a lot <laughs> episode. <laughs> Sorry. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Okay, well, before we get too far off topic here, let's reel it back in for a second. What is yeah. the best job out of these jobs right now? Is it Dallas? Um, we got Carolina, Cleveland, the Giants, and Dallas. Yeah. Um, I think the Giants' job's intriguing. But I would have to give it to Dallas. You gotta like now if you're somebody that's buying into to Danny Dimes and you have Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. um, you have Evan Ingram who can never stay healthy or Sterling Shepard, but you have some pieces there. I think that's an interesting job. I think Cleveland is all of a sudden kind of become a little more toxic toxic. Where I think last year at this time, Cleveland was the hottest team for a head coach. Yeah. They absolutely. just happened to choose Freddie Kitchens. Um so in this spot, I would say the I, you have to. I think Dallas is the top spot. I actually think Carolina is the worst out of the four. I would put Cleveland over Carolina. I think I'd put the Giants number two. That might sound crazy, but I think they have like the like pillar building blocks in place um, to do something. Now, is Daniel Jones good or not? We'll see. I'm not going to sit here and say he's good or bad. 
Um, but I would go uh, – I would go with the Giants at two, Browns three, and then Carolina at four, and I'd put that Dallas job up top. Yeah, Carolina is a wild card for me because we don't know – We don't have a quarterback. They have a, they have a quarterback right now. But for we me, I, I think Dallas I mean, is the top job because there is a ton of talent there. Both yeah. sides of the lines are good. You're basically set everywhere. But you got to deal with Jerry. But Jerry wants mm-hmm. to win, so you're going in there, and you're going to get a chance to win. And he's stuck with Jason Garrett for ten years for just being average. There's, there's certain there was certainly certainly loyalty there. Yeah, um, but the I mean, Cowboys' they, job's not ones that's just going to fire you. Just you know what I mean? They're, you're going to have a chance if they bring him in. I see Dallas bringing in um, a college coach. I honestly do. But we'll see. It's definitely possible. I have heard they have talked to Lincoln Riley already. Yeah, Lincoln Riley, and and there's been we'll talk about rumors, I'm sure here, yep. but we'll move. I, I digress. I'm getting us caught up here. We're kind of all over the place, and it's my fault. But I like it. <laughs> we're good, Coach we're talk. Good. This is this is fun time of year. Like this is yeah. usually the Browns and Lions time of year, right? This yeah, is where well, we're. This is our Super Bowl. We talk about our. We talk about our teams actually becoming good one day, and then they don't. But we talk. You know, that's what we do. That's why we're going to go straight through here. We're going to kill it with free agency talk, draft talk, as we build up to the Super Bowl here. For oh, me, yeah, I, I look forward to draft would, talk. <laughs> if I'm a coach, I would take Cleveland over the Giants, and then I'd put okay. Carolina. And the only reason for that is because I'm coming into a situation where I'm going to be able to put my footprint everywhere across the organization, build up pro personnel the way I want it, strength and conditioning, everything the way I want it. You're right. You're and not under Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman, who – it's terrible. I mean, let's say, you know, he, he's terrible. And the Danny Dimes pick is actually looking like it's going to be okay. Danny Dimes is a solid quarterback. He could have drafted him with the second pick they had, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they could have they had uh, Jared Allen and, and taken him. But, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I would not want to work for Gettleman. The guy just okay. seems like a – he just – Talks out both sides of his mouth. I feel like, like, oh yeah, we're doing the like we said with the analytics. Oh, we're gonna do analytics, bringing these nerds. Like, <laughs> but but can you admit both. That the Browns' job isn't that far away? Like, you don't think the Browns is like a, a clear cut favorite over oh, no. the, over the Giants? It's only because of the chance to go in there and put your stamp on an organization, sure. which is why I believe they're gonna. Br- Everyone got excited yesterday when Haslam said we're gonna bring in a guy with NFL experience. Yeah. Well, that's what Ket, Freddie Kitchens had NFL experience. Every coach they've hired right. outside of – actually, every coach they've hired has had head coaching experience. Even Butch Davis, who they took from Miami back in 2001, he had head coaching or NFL experience working as a defensive line guy with Dallas during the Super Bowl era. Let me ask you this, though. So, with that being said, <clears throat> the Mara family mm-hmm. and the Haslam's, does ownership take a role at all? Oh, absolutely. Because in my mind, you have a proven track record of winning Super Bowl. You're, you're one of the, the blue-collar teams in the league. Um, and ownership isn't Jimmy Haslam and D. Haslam. Absolutely. If I'm going ownership, the Mars are far and above. Listen, mm-hmm. you can rank 1 through 31 the – Best to worst owners. There's the Fords and the Haslam's right now. And then you're going to skip from 31, and you're just going to drop them off at a far distant 32 that you're going to drive away from, and that's going to be the Haslam's. They've been trashed. 21 and 75 and 1. 21 75 and 1. The Fords Fords have have owned the Lions since like the 50, and we ain't won shit. I mean, that's just bad owners. It's just, yeah, yeah. Our and team, they kill it. Man, that's just this is it. Now, bef- now, before we get depressed, let's move on to a new segment. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I'm already depressed. And I'm just, I'm like Browns. Just can I make one more comment about the Lions? Go ahead, let's do it. Because <laughs> I just need to get this off my chest, right? <laughs> Matt Patricia fired eight assistant coaches. Eight. Why is he still there? If 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 you hired eight co- assistant coaches that need to be fired, you should be fired. That's all I gotta say. We can move on. How do you eight? <laughs> you you've been around football. That is an absurd amount of coaches to be fired mm-hmm. when the the head coach is retaining his position. That's ridiculous. It's basically saying 
listen, this is going to be your last chance. Yeah. You need to bring in guys who you think no, can change it's a things. Bunch of fall guys. It's a bunch of fall guys from after Trisha. Yep. I mean, Paul Pasqualoni, the 89-year-old man, just He's... got thrown in front of a bus. But he poor didn't guy... get fired. He's stepping away from football. <laughs> no, he got – listen, the, the poor guy – the poor guy said like four months ago, they're like, well, what do you think about your coaching future? He's like, oh, I'm definitely coaching in the future. I have kids to put through college. And then he quits because he wants to spend time with his family. No, you got thrown in front of a bus and Matt Patricia backed over you. And you were the fog. I, and you, you never called a defensive play again. Your headset wasn't plugged in. You were literally listening to like uh, Led Zeppelin <laughs> in your headphone the entire game. Like it's ridiculous. He's a fall guy. The Lions are a complete joke. That's all I got to say about it. That is the life of an NFL assistant when the head coach is struggling. Yeah. When you're, you're, when you're an guy. offensive coordinator or defense coordinator and you're not even calling the plays, like it's mm-hmm. that's got to be a kind of a demoralizing role for some of these guys, especially with the egos they have. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at uh, – we, we talked Todd Munkin and how his yeah. ego has just been deflated. He didn't have his headset plugged in. I'm telling you. All right. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. What a joke that guy is. <laughs> so many jokes when it comes to our franchises. And we definitely are going to have to do the Browns-Lions episode. Or maybe we'll just do one Browns, one Lions, where we just rip into our franchises. Oh, because rip into yours pretty good. I'm sure you can rip yeah. them on. I can tear I mean, into yours pretty good, too. I mean, by, by the time we probably do this, we'll hire a head coach and all of a sudden be like, you know, I think, you know, Randy, Randy Maltai or whoever this guy, they pull out of nowhere where they get the Rob Chudzinski because they're going to end up with their fifth pick. Let's Okay, enough because I'm going to go into another rant. The Browns are going to hire Lovey Smith. <laughs> and bring in Lovey. Just Black Papa Smurf, baby. Black Papa Smurf. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Rumor mill. Rumor segment, mill. Real yep, or let's fake? Do it. Are the Browns going to hire Lovey Smith? Is that a rumor? No, we're not going to go into that one. Fact. Rumor number one. Real or fake, Tua is talking on January 6th. He's going to announce whether he's going back to Alabama or not. But there's a lot of talk that he's going to give up $35 million possibly guaranteed and go back to Alabama. Is he going back to Alabama? Is that rumor real or fake? No, it's fake. Fake. Remember when Chase Chase Young said he was coming back? (laughs) I mean, listen, here's here's what you, as a player, this is the mindset you take into it. You know Nick Saban's telling him the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Son, if you can go in the top 15, you go, right? You're coming <laughs> off an injury. You know, you're, people are worried it's a big-time injury. Yeah. There's no reason to go put yourself out there and then go behind Trevor Lawrence and or, I mean, Justin Fields potentially. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens this year. But, but I think you have to go out now. I still think he's the second quarterback taken after Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert – could possibly um, be there. And I also think that, that the Lions are a destination in the draft. I'm sure we'll get into this, that mm-hmm. potentially whoever's there, that they could be moved up and, and traded with the Lions um, to, to get that quarterback. So and I think Tua could – could somebody could take a risk on Tua. I mean, if the medicals come back, if the doctors are, are positive and encouraging what they're saying, let's be honest, Tua, Tua was the number one pick until like – everybody forgets that like Tua was the guy um I think you got to come out now because the last thing you want to do is have another injury then you slip to the third fourth round then you're it's real flight risk you just go now and cash in while you can in my opinion you know this guy's had ankle surgery hip surgeries he's been hurt I want to say it's fake and I want to say he's gonna come out but from people I've talked to, Tua seems to be a different cat, and he wants to finish what he started. And he wants to go into the draft healthy because he's not even going to be able to throw possibly until April. It However, I just, I just can't see him. I understand, you know, you they've got the insurance policy and all, but I just can't see him going into the draft or not going into the draft and risking it all to get hurt next year. For what? I mean, you know what I mean? For no money, yeah. Get your guarantee. That guarantee money will change your life, and it's over. Like, if you and I got that guarantee money right now, I, I don't give a shit. If I ever played an NFL game, yeah, I could break. I could, you could amputate my leg. To be honest with you, 
I mean, that's great. That going back to Browns coaches, you work one year and you get paid for five. Yeah, that's a hell of a gig. And then maybe that's why they're better than the Giants. Yeah. I agree with you though. Tua's got to come out, and I still think he is the second best quarterback. And while you were talking about it, you said something about Justin Herbert. You think Herbert? Where do you see Herbert in the draft? Because you might be higher on him than I am. No, I'm not. I'm not. It. it, it the reason that. I say this, uh, he still, he'll still be a top 15 pick. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is it's this league, right? Yeah. I mean, quarterback such a coveted position. I've watched Justin Herbert. I'm not high on Justin Herbert. Like, I mean, I, I think he can be a, a decent quarterback, but, but I'm not high on this draft class with quarterbacks anyway. Um, I have questions with Joe Burrow, which is a different dog for a different day, but oh. Um, I think, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not high on Herbert. I think he's possibly going to get overdrafted, and I thought he's he the next Paxton Lynch, dude. Yeah, and Colin Cowherd was going off about how he stepped up in a big moment. I don't think he was that good. But moving on to our next, yeah, yeah. here I... our next rumor: Urban Meyer interest in Dallas or possibly Cleveland, real or fake? that Urban Meyer will be coaching in the NFL next season. No, I think it's fake. I, I do. I honestly, and, and, you know, Urban's not the most trusted person because he said things and, uh-huh. and don't other. But I, I think – I actually think he's comfortable in the role he's in right now. If, if there was either of the jobs, it would be Dallas. Uh, he's not going to coach the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion. I don't see there's – I say there's a 0% chance of that happening. Um, but we'll, we'll see, man. I'm with you on that. I think he's not going to, he's done great as a analyst. He's a excellent, excellent studio analyst. And for this guy's health, I don't want to see a guy die on the sideline and to be a Cleveland Browns head coach with all that stress that comes with it. Not a good situation for him. Dallas, maybe if he was going to come out, but if I'm a team and I'm looking for someone to help in my college scouting just to come into the building just for a little bit. Urban Meyer is a guy I look at. He's great at picking out talent. He's a guy that you could look at maybe to bring in there. If I'm the Browns, maybe I bring him in in a personnel role of some sort, but not as a head coach. Wait, wasn't he there on a uh, Wednesday? <laughs> oh yeah. According to a uh, random text, I think uh, both of us have seen or gotten. Yeah, yeah. He was in the building the same yep. day they were uh, talking. Mike, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy was there. So yeah. maybe Mike McCarthy's head coach, and they're gonna bring in Urban as his GM. But that would—that's <laughs> not gonna happen. No. Hopefully. All right. I just don't, man. I'm telling you, I feel like the NFL is like taking its turn towards college coaches. And with as much respect as I have for Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, Matt Rule type type guy, mm-hmm. even a David Shaw, I just think it, it's a different game, man. It, it's just, so to me, I just I don't know. I mean, my opinion, I just think it's really risky to go that route. And I'm with you on that usually. And like you said, Jimmy Johnson is probably the last guy who came in and was successful as a just a college head coach. But, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury came in this year, and he set up an offense that worked. But I think mainly the reason it worked so well is because he brought in a college quarterback and kept him in this similar college offense. Which, his second year, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how he develops and how everything goes. But Kyler Murray had an excellent rookie season. Colin Murray was fantastic, and I thought he would be fantastic. I, I mean, and a lot of what helped him was the fact that Cliff was an excellent play caller. It's the same and, with Lamar Jackson, dude. Yeah, it really is. It's it, it, it's we've talked. We you and I have talked about this whole time. These dumbass coaches that have their schemes, your uh-huh. scheme based off your best players. Yep. And Harbaugh and his staff have done such a wonderful job in that with Lamar Jackson, like. You go from Joe Flacco, who couldn't get past me on a two-yard run, to Lamar Jackson, and they've just gone RP. I mean, he doesn't deserve all the credit. You know, that entire staff. You you mold the players you have mm-hmm. because there's only so much talent in this league. Got to stick with that. You got to make the players you have work, and that's where people fail. You're exactly right, and we have talked about it. Moving on to our next rumor here. Vikings will fire Mike Zimmer if they get beat by the Saints badly. Real or fake? Fake. Fake. 
Um, now the the appendage added to this is that they're afraid to lose Kevin Stefanski, who this Browns organization loves, Paul D. Podesta mainly, and who seems to be very high up on the love list there in Minnesota for what he's done with that offense. Everybody loves the (laughs) I didn't have better word as I'm thinking here. No, 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 it's good. I'm like, Loveless works. But, uh, yeah, this is what happens when I'm watching down here driving the dives. There's some good food on here right now. Dude, my wife and I were watching it earlier, and he's just like, we're down at this funky joint. <laughs> They're serving up fish tacos. <laughs> anyway. And right. I'm starving. I haven't eaten dinner, so I'm getting a little lost there. But, yeah, I'm, I want to say that this is fake, but I think it's true. Even because today oh. Zimmer got the dreaded vote of confidence. But I think there's a chance that they say – if they get beat poor, pretty bad, and it's possible because the Saints are so good, that they say they need a new voice and they go with Stefanski. Possible. But I that's probably... Interesting. That's interesting you brought that up. I honestly have not even thought about that. And I don't think I've, I've even read a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, There's always that one where you, that one firing that you just didn't see coming. No, absolutely there is. And hopefully it's it, Martha Ford wakes up off her drunk ass and fucking fires <laughs> We'll see. No, I, that's that's interesting to you because because but but the thing is to me is anybody but the Browns after Stefanski. You know what I mean? I think he's an up and comer as far as what he's done. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, it, but I think this. I don't think there's anybody else besides yeah. the Browns looking at Stefanski. And I will add this: if Zimmer does get fired, I look for him to go straight to Dallas, possibly as one of their top head coaching candidates. I'm a hot, I like Mike Zimmer. I think he's done a hell of a job there in Minnesota. I like Mike Zimmer too, and his glasses are bad at. <laughs> Moving on to our fourth rumor. Is this yeah. going to be Tom Brady's final game Man. in Foxborough as a New England Patriot? Well, so this is really weird to me. Like, So here's where I'm at with it. Everybody's like kind of said at the beginning of the year, like there's a chance Tom Brady doesn't play in New England. And I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, could you even see? Like, I, I it's so hard for me to just imagine 12 in a different jersey. Um, but I think that it, I, I, I gotta say no, but there's a certain chance that that is true. Um, and I might say no because I think they're going to beat the Titans. Uh-huh. But I but past the Titans I mean, even is a discussion. Yeah, they're not even – I mean, they're what – they would have to have Houston – they would have to face Houston in the AFC Championship game in order to get another home game, I think. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. Just because – it's it's hard for me, man. It's Tom Brady. I mean, he's going to go into his 20th season if he comes back next year, which I think he will, because I don't think he likes the way this season has gone. Whether they win it or not, I don't think this season has gone the way he likes. He's an unrestricted free agent, but I'm right. with you. I think it's I think, fake. I think he comes back next year and finishes his career as New England all, Patriot. Can we also talk about the fact that he has no weapons right now. Oh, yeah. So, like, everybody's, like, saying how old he looks. But at the same time, it's like he's not really having the guys even throw the football to mm-hmm. And I think if Julian Edelman comes a million, he never replace the tight end position, which the tight end position is raw. Or, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. his go-to for Brady. I mean, that is, that's always been the security blanket. Um I think so. I think everybody's kind of given up on Brady. And I know he he is regressing as a player. All right, I, I get that, but I don't think it's as rapid as it looks based off the talent I see on the field. The thing is, I think what they wanted is they wanted Nikhil Harry to come in, and maybe well, they thought he would develop a little faster. I mean, they took hard, him, though. yeah, and they hoped he would develop into what basically AJ Brown has become for Tennessee. A.J. Brown is out there just killing it as a second-round pick, 50th overall, I believe, maybe 59th. And Nikhil Harry was a first-rounder, and he's done nothing so far. Can we say this, though? Yeah. 
Belichick can't draft wide receivers. Or <laughs> like, is that fair? Like, what? I, I think Absolutely it is. Fair. I mean, let's be honest with the the way Belichick's drafted the wide receiver position, even the running back position. Um, there's question marks there. There's a and lot I of think, question marks when it comes to their entire drafting recently. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. But he's just – with Brady and, and his coaching ability, they offset a lot of the issues. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. That's why the Patriot way hasn't worked in so many spots because these guys come in don't, and they – Please don't bring the Patriot way. <laughs> hey, I'm about to – I feel like the Browns are about to be on the Patriot way. We're going to have Browns and Lions, Patriot way. Dude, we're going we're gonna to be getting hammered in like a basement <laughs> of an abandoned house by the end. <laughs> There's enough of them around here. I feel like every house is abandoned near me. But uh, Detroit. let's move in. Move on. Let's. I'm talking about moving into an abandoned house apparently. Let's move on to another aging quarterback. Phillip Rivers, 15 years in the league. He's 38. Going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's almost at 60,000 yards, 400 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He has basically played in front of – or hasn't played in front of a home crowd in three years. Mm-hmm. Well, he you're going re- to more than that because that Chargers crowd wasn't that great. Yeah. San Diego. Is he going to yeah. return to the Chargers and finish no. his career there? Or is he moving nope. on to possibly the – Indianapolis Colts. The Colts. Yeah, the Colts is, is where I think he ends up. Um, from what I've read now, that being said, Philip Rivers has 604 kids um, moving across the country to the Midwest, maybe a thing. Listen, Philip Rivers is a damn good quarterback. Um, I think I think Indianapolis needs to take a look at it, if not the Carolina Panthers. Um I think those are teams. Those are teams with some talent. I think. I think actually, Carolina, believe it or not, has a lot of talent offensively outside of Christian McCaffrey, um, with weapons that just haven't been able to get the the ball because. Of, let's be honest, just awful quarterback play. Uh-huh. Um, I. I see Philip Rivers on a different team. And Phillip Rivers makes one of those two teams I mentioned an immediate playoff team. Or at least a playoff contender. But I think his time's done. And I think he should be appreciated because he's he's a Hall of Famer and he's awesome. I mean, Phillip in Carolina makes sense. He went to North Carolina State. Maybe he wants to return to that part of the country. He's from Alabama. Maybe he wants to return to the South to finish his career. Phillip deserves more than what he's gotten. And I think this is actually a real rumor. Absolutely agree with you. Philip deserves to go somewhere and ride off into the sunset. And I would like to see him finish with the Chargers, but it's just that team just there's no support there for them. Dude, that team's gotta be so frustrating to be a fan of. Because like our teams it's frustrating, but we know they just blow. Yeah. Right? Like the Chargers like are legit, like a decent team. They're a playoff team. They get their ass fucking slaughtered by New England last postseason. But, like, they're always, like, 8-8 eight eight, or, like, they're just kind of, like, just mediocre. Mm-hmm. I, that's almost – it's more rough as a fan, I think, if you if you have expectations. We just know our teams blow. And yep. so we just assume they're going to do things like they do. They still – those things still piss us off. But <laughs> to, it's, it's to the point where we're like, okay, this isn't, like, completely out of the ordinary. Yeah, absolutely with them. That team's I mean, look what they went from Drew Brees, let him go. Which people can say, Oh, they should have never let him go, but let's be honest. Oh, I mean, come on. Hey, At I, that time, no one expected Drew Brees to be they knew he was good, but no one expected him to be what he is. And let's not act like Phil Rivers is, you know, fucking uh Josh exactly. McCown. They right? went from like they went from a guy who was okay to Philip Rivers, who was the up and coming and was probably, I mean, they're both going to end up being Hall of Famers. You can't yep. hate on them for that. That's right. Yeah, that, that'll finish this segment. So basically, what we had four fake rumors, one real rumor. Finishing up, Tua back to Alabama, fake. Urban Meyer, fake. Vikings fire Zimmer, possibly. We both agree, basically, fake. Brady's final game at Foxborough is a pat, fake. We both think he's coming back even at 106 years old. Philip Rivers, though, we believe this is true. He will be moving on from the Chargers. He will be packing up him and his 604 kids. As yeah, you said, and they, sure. will, 
they'll find a nice big plot of land somewhere in Queen. Yeah, dude, they'll have a farm. Doesn't Philip Rivers like strike you as like after his career, he'll have like a like a shitload of like horses and shit around and yeah. goats and stuff. <laughs> I can see it. You know, ten years from now, if someone goes down to where are they now? It's like, like, like we can just sit back and like be like, all right, listen, I worked my ass all these years. Now my hundred hundred million kids can just start. You know, we're doing some work around the house. Absolutely. Let's see. All right, sorry. I'm kind of thrown off. I got to check Philip here. Like, I feel like Philip hasn't made a ton of money compared to some of the other elite quarterbacks. I feel like he's always given up money to stay with kind of like Brady kind of like Brady you got to give Brady that too yeah I mean they, Brady's gotten his money but the, the Patriots have been real savvy restructuring mm-hmm. deals um to where they can they can get cap space but the Patriots are just such a unique animal man they just let guys go that you're like wow that's crazy and then you're like your team signs them, and then they just suck it's like well that's not fun Let's see total cash for Philip. Wow, a little more than I thought. 2015, he was making 32 million, then it went down wow. to 22. Last season, it was 16 million. 11 million was his salary. Five million dollars signing bonus. Ooh, total cash for Philip over 16 seasons. You want to put a number on it? You want to guess? Uh, 82 million. 218 million. Nine hundred seventeen thousand six hundred fifty-six dollars. Samsonite. That was way off. <laughs> you were way off. So was I. I'm like, I don't feel like he's. But I mean, sixteen million for Philip last year. That's as far as NFL terms. That was a bargain. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, outside of the year, he made thirty-two and then twenty-two. I mean, he's basically been, you know, ten million, twelve million dollar quarterback. Yeah, a damn good one too, and one that you want on your team. Absolutely. No one more fun to listen to talk trash than a <laughs> never swears. Philip doesn't, doesn't swear. That's a dadgum tackle. That's a dadgum <laughs> good tackle right there. Thank you, boys. Yep. All right, yep. let's move on to our game picks. Four game picks. This oh. week. Wild card weekend starting tomorrow with a good yeah. one. I think this is going to be a fun game. Buffalo travels to Houston to take yeah. on the AFC South champion, Houston Texans. Who are you liking this one? Oh, I got to take Houston, dude. Josh Allen. I'm sorry, brother. I don't. I don't know about you, man, but I just can't take Josh Allen yet in the playoffs. He hasn't shown me enough. On Watson, Nuke, the boys basically had a bye week last week. I really lost Tennessee, but they rested a lot of guys. Yep. Um, I think Houston at home. They're ready for this game. Um, and the Buffalo Bills, man, good for them. I just don't know if Josh Allen can make enough plays down the stretch, and I know John Watson can. I'll take uh, I'll take Houston. You know, I, I like Houston in this game, and I think it's going to be the game where Deshaun Watson, if he has a big game, it's going to finally be that game where he elevates himself to the national world, to everyone of how good he can really be. But Buffalo, Buffalo can mm-hmm. win this game if they run the football well, which they mm-hmm. tend to do. And hit the shallow crossers. If you hit the shallow crossers and Josh Allen can just be mostly accurate, I think this can be a tight game. I do like the Texans in it. But I think the Bills are going to put up a hell of a fight. And Josh I do Allen, too. I think it'll be a good game. The Texans can't stop shallow cross. And this is a guy who struggles to throw accurately a lot of times, even though he has Over gotten better this year. Yeah. <laughs> If they can but just I, hit John Brown and a few of those shallow crossers and Devin Singletary out of the backfield, this could be a tough game, but, but Texans win it. I do also like J.J. Watt coming back for this game, uh-huh. too. Um, off IR, a little little spark for the crowd at yep. home, Houston. And we know J.J. Watt's a difference maker. I think that might be the difference as well. But I do, I do expect a, a competitive game. I mean, absolutely. You hit it with the spark in the crowd. That's what it's going to be. It's going to hype that crowd up on third down. <laughs> The first third down he comes, hopefully it's a third and long, and they know he's going to get let loose. And even if he doesn't do anything, it's just going to hype up that crowd enough to be Damn. loud enough to throw the Buffalo Bills off. And yep. looking at these this this matchup, against common opponents are both two and three. They both lost to Dallas – or Baltimore, sorry. That's a good and, team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tennessee, they both beat at one point. New England, yeah. Buffalo is 0-2. Houston beat New England. 
But yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a fun game. I think this will be the best game of the weekend, honestly, as far as keeping it tight. Yeah, I don't expect tons of points. I don't expect tons of points here. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, and you know who we got on the call for this one at 435? We got Joe Tessitore and Booger, baby. Booger. Booger's going to be like, Booger's going to be like, hey, they're like, hey, if if they don't get the third down here, it's going to be fourth down. If Houston doesn't win this game, (laughs) they're going to lose. Yeah, if Houston doesn't win this game, they're out of the playoff. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> all right. Sorry, oh, man, Booger. we can could, we could make fun of Booger all day long. He's the and best, then, though. Moving oh. on to the nightcap. Yeah. A game where it's 12-4 and four New England at mm-hmm. home at Foxborough, bringing in the Titan Storm, as I sent you earlier on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. The AFC South wildcard representative, the 9-7 and seven Tennessee Titans. This game, Ryan Tannehill. Is he going to get a win against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady in Foxborough? I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Listen, I don't think this this in my mind this Patriots team is not beating the likes of Kansas City or um, Baltimore uh, for that fact. I think they're not that good of a team. Although I'm not going to take Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> in the playoffs against Tom Brady. I'm just not – and you know what? If, if they prove me wrong, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit back here next week when we do the pod and say that I bet against Tom Brady and went with Ryan Tannen. It's absurd. <laughs> going with Brady, the offense sucks. I don't really know why I'm going with Brady, um, especially the way that, that Derrick Henry's been running the ball downhill and the way they work the play action off that. But the thing is, for me, if New England gets up early in this game – the way Tennessee's wired their run first team in a play action team, if they get down, you know, seven, 10 points, that kind of changes the way they run things offensively. That I think is different. Uh, you know, you, you lock up Stefan Gilmore on AJ Brown, make Derrick Henry try to beat you. I'm sure they're going to be stacking the box. They're actually going to make Tannehill try to beat them. And I just don't. Yep. Yeah. I would, I would like to see Tennessee win this one and, I want to say that Derrick Henry can carry the team. These two common opponents, three and two against common opponents. The last time these two teams faced in Tennessee, the Titans yeah, and Mike Vrabel dominated the Patriots. They did. 34 to embarrassed 10. Them. They embarrassed them. With a big game from Marcus Mariota. I just, that's just hard for me. But listen, I want Tennessee to win this football game. Every bone in my body wants it. Because I think it's the end of the dynasty. But I think we have to wait one more week for the end of the dynasty. I'm with you on that. I want to pick Tennessee, but I'm looking at these numbers here. As Tom you Brady, Tom Brady. Brady's numbers, like we've talked about him having an off year, but he's still 4,057 yards, 24 touchdowns, and eight picks. That's still a hell of a year for a 70-year-old dude. Yeah, Yeah, but he just hasn't. I mean, you see it. I mean, numbers, that's the thing. You know, analytics can get you. you uh-huh. Paul D. Podesta can, you know, analytic the hell to you. But you watch it with your own eyes and mm-hmm. you see the difference and the lack of, of a tight end, and especially with Edelman bagged up and the lack of running. He's not even getting the touches that he was. I think he's in the doghouse of Belichick for putting the football on the turf. <laughs> um, but no, I, you still got to go with New England here. And if they lose, then you know what? Good. That's. Speaking of the numbers and analytics here, the numbers look good, but it's the thing with analytics, it's the efficiency rating. And exactly what you said, they just haven't been efficient. You look at Sony Michelle, he's got 912 yards, close to getting a thousand yard season there, but 3.7 a carry. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got Derrick Henry averaging five yards a carry, 16 touchdowns. But I just can't. Like you said, if New England gets the ball and they go up, yeah, seven nothing earlier. They go up ten nothing, and you start forcing Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. It's I don't think news. he can beat him. So I'm going to stick with you here, and Mike, I'm going to take Mike the Patriots. Brable, however, deserves a lot of credit um, for for pulling the plug on Mark Mariota putting in mm-hmm. Tannehill. It wasn't necessarily a popular decision at the time. It was the right decision, and yeah. I, I think he's a damn good football coach. Yeah, Vrabel's done a hell of a job, and he's going to be facing a guy he played for there in Belichick. It's going to be a fun game for him. Hopefully the Titans make this interesting. Yeah, we, let's go Titans. I just can't. I just can't bet on them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to go with them. I really do. I just, you know what? On, on the road, and no, you're not going to do it. I'm going to stay with the Patriots. Yeah, don't bet against Brady. I wanted to think you know about what? it, but I just can't do it. In Foxborough. There's just, there's just so much going against them in that matchup. It's, just, it's tough for any team. It's just not – I know no. we're talking about how it's going to be on Tannehill, but it's tough for any guy or any team to go in there and beat them in Foxborough in the playoffs. Yeah. It's it's nothing. It, it's just – listen, dude, everything says take Tennessee. I'm not betting against them. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit what any analytic anything has to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just we roll with the Patriots. And that's going to be uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call for that Mm. one. Not surprising. I feel like they do every Patriots game. Yep. All right. Moving on to the NFC. Speaking of tough places to play, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome where the Minnesota Vikings come in at 10-6 and and go to face the New Orleans Saints at 13-3. Most complete team in the league. Minnesota with Kirk Cousins? No. No. New Orleans. (laughs) In my opinion, New Orleans is the most complete team in the league. Um, they they run the ball well. Of course, they pass it well. They have the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. I I really like what they do defensively. You know, I just – this is such a hard place to play. Um, and it's Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. And so – for me, I struggle to pick Kirk Cousins in, in anything, in any big spot. It's it, – I think that they're going to try to keep it close. The Dalvin Coast going to run the ball. But I think this New Orleans team, not to, you know, get ahead, the card ahead of the horse, I think this team is, is built to win. I think they're the best roster, the best overall team in the playoffs. Uh, I will take New Orleans here. And Kirk Cousins is – Kirk Cousins will be mediocre as shit because that's Kirk. Some talked about Deshaun Watson and national spotlight on him and coming out in front of a ton of people and finally showing. He how came good out. He is. is he gay? He's no, like, coming oh, out in front of a bunch of people. Nothing like uh, that yet. No oh, Michael okay. Sam stories here. Uh, okay, but right, I thought it was breaking news. Kirk Cousins, this is his chance to just get rid of the stigma of he can't win the big game, but. He's not going to do it no. because New Orleans is so good. And we talk about that offense, but Dennis Allen, what he's done with this defense where it is Ohio state South on that defense. And they are just unbelievably yeah. good in every situation. Takeaways. Xavier Rhodes too. Xavier Rhodes has been terrible. And for he his awesome. <laughs> he's yeah, just been he, terrible. He was, he was really good. And I don't know what happened with him. And, I'm looking oh, – man, I – it's just so tough. This is the first time the Vikings have been in the Dome since 2010. It's been a while, but I just – I think this is going to be a blowout, honestly. Yeah. I it, want it. It has the recipe to be a, a, a 17 to, to – three touchdown game. Yeah. I think I'm with you. The Saints, for me, right now, if I was to pick a Super Bowl team out of the NFC, I'm going with the Saints. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman with Aaron Andrews and Chris Myers as your field reporters on that call. Can we one. just listen to just Aaron Andrews? Is that possible? Yeah, Aaron Andrews is a damn good sideline reporter. I know, and, I, you, she could be. I'm not. Yeah, she's she's done a damn one. good job. All right. Good for her. And moving on <laughs> to the second game in the <laughs> NFC. We're going to Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah. First postseason meeting for these two teams. The Seahawks, they fly east to face yeah. the Dirty Eagles, the Philly Specials. I'll let you take this first, man. Man, this is tough. Seattle's been great on the road. And Russ Wilson, 31 touchdowns, five picks. He's efficient as hell. Facing Carson doesn't Wentz. throw much either, dude. Doesn't throw much either. No. Russ doesn't. But you're going to have to in this one. So you got zero because... running back, Listen, right Homer did – he's a solid guy. He's their fourth guy coming out. I mean, they've had nobody Skittles. right now. Right? I mean, you got Marshawn Lynch, 12 carries, 34 <laughs> yards last yeah. week. But the problem is on the other side, there's no one for Carson Wentz to throw the ball to. 
No. Brandon Brooks is hurt. Dude, this kind of game kind of sucks, doesn't it? Can we just say, like, this is, like, not, like, a playoff game that everybody's hyped for? Just because it feels like the Eagles are a dirty team. And it also feels like the Seahawks are kind of a fraud. Not, like, I don't want to say they're a fraud, but, like, Russell Wilson just carries them. They, they're all their running backs are hurt. Carson, Penny, everybody's out. It's like I don't see – either one of these teams moves on, I don't see them beating anyone. That's the thing. So I'm with you on that. But it's a tough game to pick because you you figure Eagles, you can give them there at home. But how good is Miles Sanders going to be? He's injured too. This is basically the walking dead of Mm -hmm. playoff games. You got so many hurt guys. And I want to take Carson Wentz here at home. But I think Russ pulls it out. I think it's going to be a 17 13 kind of game. Well, I think Russ pulls it out at the end. Give me Seattle in this one. Yeah, yeah. And I, one of my philosophies in the in the regular season is is different than the playoffs. I, I think in the NFL, quarterback first, coach second. Mm-hmm. Um, matters in the playoffs. I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback here. I think Pete Carroll's a better coach. Um, listen, Seattle has its flaws. They certainly do. They're going to have to run the ball. I just like Seattle in this spot. Philadelphia just too many injuries. Um, although Carson Wentz and, and nobody wants to give him any credit, but Carson Wentz won two big games, although against opponents he should beat, mm-hmm. but with depleted weapons. Yeah. Um, and, and so he deserves credit, but I just think that, that I'm going to take Russell Wilson. I'm going to take Pete Carroll and I think they get it done. This game is probably going to be ugly. I see like 24, 19. Seattle, but you're right. I don't see a lot of points being scored in this game. Give Carson Wentz credit for what he's done with this team and having nobody to throw to right now. And, but, and, and, and he was terrible for a lot of the year, but yeah. it, it, they've, they've gone through adversity and they've come out on top. And, I mean, guys coming back from a ACL injury ended up mm-hmm. putting up solid numbers, threw for 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. This reminds me a lot of, of actually the Seattle team that made the playoffs at, at nine and seven, I believe. Um, they just kind of like scratch and claw their way in, and uh, we'll see. I mean, Philadelphia, it's not going to be easy to go to Century Link, um, but I, I, I got to go with Russell Wilson. I got to go with the quarterback. I'm with you on that. So, to cap off this segment, we both took Houston, New England, New Orleans, and Seattle. A lot of fun in that one. We went well, I agree with everything. Okay, we agree. Well, Big now, moving on to the way we close out the show every week. Yeah. The big deal. War I was bummed. I was bummed. We went two and two last week. That was one of the only weeks that we didn't win. Um, I don't have my paper in front of me, so you know, you know what your record on the year is, though. No, it's it, not to tote my toot my own horn, but we dominated this year. Yeah, we did. I put a lot of. I mean, I I like to take a you know a deep dive into things. To me, going into awards wagers here, I may pick. I, I think I'm only going to pick three games, but. When it comes to the playoffs, I have such a different mentality than I do during the regular season. And I just said it to you, you don't – quarterbacks, coaches. Um, I think a lot of the stats and things go out the window come playoff time. Uh, so I'm going to start out with the Buffalo Bills traveling to Houston. Houston's minus two and a half. If it was three, it would have been questionable for me just getting that field goal, though. I'm actually going to go with Houston in this one. Um the next one is, <clears throat> excuse me, the Seattle game. And we just touched on Seattle traveling to Philadelphia and minus one and a half. So Seattle is minus one and a half. That kind of tells you what Vegas thinks of it. I kind of agree with Vegas here. I think Seattle's too much for Philadelphia in this game. I will take Seattle. Um, I, You know what? I actually, you know what? Why not? We'll pick all four games this week. Um we have the New England Patriots are minus five at home against Tennessee. I, uh, I'm going to take New England and give up yep. the five points. I am until, until somebody tells me and somebody shows me a reason to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, I'm not going to do it. And finally, I'm going to take this is the, this is a tough one for me. So I have Minnesota at New Orleans. New Orleans is minus eight. We talked about it. I'm with you. I think New Orleans is a better team. I think New Orleans puts it to them. I'll take New Orleans minus the eight. 
So just to recap, I'm going to take Houston minus two and a half at home against the Bills. I'm going to take New England minus five at home against Tennessee. Also, we'll take Seattle on the road minus one and a half at CenturyLink there in Philadelphia. And we're going to take New England or excuse me, New Orleans at home minus eight against Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer and the crew. Um, Kevin we Spain picked all four here. of them this week. We picked all four of them this week. So uh, I'm feeling good, though. It, it It's going to be a fun weekend. And uh, I just hope next year or this time when we're talking, maybe one of our teams. Yeah, well, let's not get too far. All right, you're right, you're right. God only knows. Let's try our to teams, get to eight wins. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's possible. But then again, I, I thought yeah. it was possible it could happen this year, yeah. too. So It's probably not possible. <laughs> I just say anything. Let's hope we start the new year right. Let's go 4-0 this week. Yeah, man. Next yeah, week, I'm, I'm excited. Next week, we can recap the weekend that was. We'll talk the divisional round. We'll talk I'm, some more head coaches. I'm sure we'll have some rumors. Yeah, I'm excited, actually, for, you know, not a full slate of games. We can actually do some diving into some mm-hmm. offseason stuff. Um, and, you know, of course, down the road, we'll look at some drafts. But, yeah, there's going to be some some coaching changes in the, in the week. We'll read some rumors. Um, it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Football doesn't end. Never. Uh, at least for, for shitty teams. <laughs> <laughs> it is our Super Bowl. It is draft season for us Browns right. and Lions fans. That's right. <sighs> it's a good man, show, anything man. And no. else you want to get off the chest tonight? I mean, nah. We'll, we'll have our Lions-Browns episode for that. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody wants to I, hear that. I'm, you know, I, I get animated when it comes to the Lions. <laughs> All right, y'all, thank you for listening tonight. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pods, Apple Pods, and you can follow us on our Twitter page, at FCFSPod. Thank you for listening tonight. Remember, as always, if you live the life you love, you'll love the life you live. Good night, kids. Good night, man.